Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Broadcasting live today uh, with our good friends at Marley's. Of course, they share a building uh, with good folks here at Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. 555 South Geneva Road, right here in Linden. It is right off the freeway, just west of it. So easy to get to. The food is oh so delicious. And uh, the if you've never been to Timpanogos Harley-Davidson, it is super cool. So come check it out. Uh, Austin Horton producing today, of course, back at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivint Arena. Gordon Monson, hello. Hello, hello, Jake. How are you? Uh, it'd be better if uh, your microphone was on, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. Is it on now? No. It's no. still not on? There, there we, we go. go. Hello. Hi, Gordon. Hi. Um, Hi. Hi. Good to see, good to hear you. Good to I, hear I you. can barely hear you, and uh, you can yeah. barely hear me. Yeah, you know. Are we all right now? We're fine. All right. Good. I'm ready to go. Probably could have worked that out, you know, before the, the bumper music I, started I playing. Just, but, I, no, I just know, figure it's always all good, you is know. It, is it, though? It's, I mean, it's I, good to see you. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing all right, Jake. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm great, because... I love uh, the college football roundtable, which we're going to do today starting at uh-huh. four. Um, always a highlight of the sports year because it's a lot of fun to get everybody together. And, you know, it's a lot of great banter. And Austin yells a lot because uh, oftentimes it's difficult to go to break. Uh, it's but, a hard day for him. But I do love it when we get to, one, come to Marley's because, if you didn't know, the food is really good. We do uh, tend to like it, don't we? <laughs> really good. Uh, but also, I love this building. Uh, the Timpanogos Har- Harley-Davidson building is so cool, and this is such a cool store. Um, even me, who's not necessarily into uh, to Harley-Davidson's, I mean, you can't help but walk through the front door and go, wow, this is, this is awesome. This is probably, I- I'm going to make a guess here, and uh, maybe Kurt can tell me if I'm wrong on this. This has got to be the coolest Harley store in the world. Uh, got to be up there. I mean. Yeah, it's awesome. Kurt says without a doubt. And how how can you beat this? This If you haven't ever been here and you have just an inkling of an interest in motorcycling and you really like good sliders, then come on down here and check it out. This is cool. Just walk around. And then once you walk around, you're hungry and you go get some sliders. Uh, I did alert the staff that David James is coming. Um, I don't know if anybody loves Marley's quite as much as David James. <laughs> let me just put, let me, yeah, I know. They, they're already bracing themselves. So DJ will be here. He, does he eat all her food? Uh, yeah, he, well, 
I guess it's not DJ that has the most infamous story, but didn't one of our, our on-site engineers, Talon, remember him? He yeah. he broke, like, the French toast eating record or something. Clint? Something. Yeah, Clint did. Or or I can't remember. He ate DJ's French toast. I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're going to have to ask about it, but it was, it was the source of You conflict. don't eat a man's French toast. Uh, so David James is going to be down here. Hanson Scotty are going to be down here. Uh, PK is going to join us. Uh, all that whole extravaganza starts at four o'clock. So we'll have we'll have uh, some great show leading up to that, of course. But you know, mark it down in the in the reminders in the calendar. Tune in uh, starting at four. Okay, so good place, good food, good show, good people. Everything's good. Yes, yes, everything is good. I, I almost don't want to, you know. Jinx it. <laughs> I don't want to dive into the show because I'm sure something not so good uh, will come up. But, yeah, jazz gear, throw that on there. If you want to come down here and grab some free jazz gear, we have that uh, that for you as well. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, this place is cool. and I, But I, I do have a, a, a hunger for motorcycling. You do. I mean, I had a motorcycle as a kid, and I've ridden a lot of motorcycles. And now one of my best friends has, like, seven Harleys. So... And he's actually let me uh, use his Harleys. He has. Before, yeah. Were you more like uh, uh, Henry Fonda or um, Dennis Hopper? Oh, you mean uh, uh, it's not Henry, it's uh, Peter. Peter Fonda. Yeah, you're right, not Henry. Sorry. Peter Fonda. You know, I I have never watched in its entirely Easy Rider. Well, you I've should because it's a, it's a real downer. How, how have you seen bits and I know pieces what of happens. every movie? I don't know. We bring up everything. Oh, I've seen bits and pieces. What do you do? Wander out of the movie theater accidentally? No, like, I think, well, look, that movie came out in what? 1968 or something? So, it's 50 uh, years old, yeah. according to Austin. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I, I do love motorcycles. Always have. But once I had my bike accident, I don't know. How do you think I would do on a motorcycle? Do you trust me? Uh, yeah, sure. No. Knock yourself out. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just I just uh, always enjoyed getting on getting on a motorcycle well, and riding. Uh, riding. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm sure uh, you could throw a little dough around, get some attention from the good folks here, and, and ride yourself home something nice. Well, look at all the, uh, look at these, look at these motorcycles. They are a thing of yeah. beauty. Johnny and I will make sure your car makes it home. You could, uh, you should, you should get something and <laughs> ride on home. And ride on home, man. You know, the last time my wife went out of town, I uh, happened to, uh, actually, was that the last time? One of the last times she left, she went to Hawaii with my daughters without me because I had to, you know, pay for everything by working. So um, I went out and bought myself a little something. You spent um, way more than you could have possibly brought in while working at the time. you stayed. It's pronounced yeah. Porsche. It is pronounced Porsche. <sighs> and wasn't it a Porsche so... Um, Unique that it had to be driven in from, like, across the country or something. I have a nice car. It yeah. did. It was in a different place. Yeah. Actually, what happened was a friend of mine who's a car enthusiast, um, I paid for him to go with me on a plane to where it was, and then we drove it back together. Mm. I only have <laughs> one Porsche. And wait, what did this have to do with Lisa being out of town again? I, I just, uh, you know, she left me alone here, and I was just... I had to do something. 
So now this time it's a Harley. Maybe. I mean, would that be a bad choice? I don't think so. No, no, no. Well, one thing's for sure. I'm going to load up on some sliders for sure. I know the food is really good. Oh, man. I, it, and and we, I've brought my family to Marley's. Uh, my wife likes it. Everybody in my family likes it. It's Who doesn't like it? Oh, yeah. I'm coming. Uh, I, I'm bringing Marley's home for dinner for sure. Are you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Good it's, move. It's popular in my house, too. So, yeah. Come out and find out what it's all about. If you've never been to Marley's, if you do, you know, like they say, uh, what, do, what do the kids say? Uh, Austin, hashtag I-F-Y-Y-K. Is that what it is? What? If you know, you know. Oh. Is that a thing? I think it's, uh, I, I don't think it's I-F-Y. That'd be. Wait, no, that wouldn't make any I-K-Y-Y-K. sense. I-K-Y-Y-K. I-K-Y, yeah, that's the one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you don't go, then you'll have uh, FOMO. <laughs> Oh, there you go. 555 uh, South Geneva Road, right here in Linden. Uh, honestly, right off the freeway. It's it's super easy to get and truly to. YOLO. Uh, indeed. Yeah. Um, do we want it? We're, we're going to talk a lot of college football today. You want to dive right in? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's time for the split story of the day. Austin, if you please. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Um, in the 5 o'clock hour, which is the ideal time to release good news, and we appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Kalani Sitake and uh, BYU have agreed to a contract extension taking him through the year twenty. 25 and uh i don't know if there was as much doubt this time around if an extension were coming as uh, as the last time you know i think it's it's good to lock down a coach that uh, is coming off a really successful season um and hopes that they can do it again in short order and uh kalani's gotten that confidence from the university and i think it's an important thing yeah yeah i i agree with that i think kalani's the right man for that job i wrote a column about it i don't know if you saw that jake but uh i i concur with uh, with that decision. And it'll be interesting to see where Kalani takes this from this point on because last year he had a terrific team. I think that team would have done pretty well against a stronger schedule, and it uh, pretty much annihilated a weaker schedule. But that was a boon to Kalani's uh, record. He's 38 and 26 now. And prior to that, he was uh, not just a little bit over 500. And so, yeah, that career, that year uh, helped his career in a major way. But I, as we've talked about a thousand times, BYU's head football coach, that is such a unique job. You have a lot of responsibilities that most uh, football coaches don't have. And he's just a good fit down there. That's my opinion. Has he been a perfect coach? No. Has he had some rough times? Yes, he has. Has he made some mistakes along the way? Yeah, he's made some mistakes. But he's also done some really good things. Uh, BYU's beat some pretty good teams, even though, ironically enough, last year they didn't play very hardly any of them. But uh, he he just is a good fit. Would you agree? I do agree. Um, He needs to continue to identify QB1s. I think that's if he wants to continue the success, I think that's probably step number one. Cause well, they, he's got a good man for the job in, in uh, A-Rod. He's, he's a terrific football mind. But you, we saw, we read uh, Matt Rule's um, comments about um, 
about Charlie Brewer yesterday that yeah. Josh Newman got for his story where Matt Rule gave Brewer the credit for him being an <laughs> NFL coach. And it's it's really true. It's not, of course, you know, it's much more complex than that. But, you know, if you find a, a quarterback that can deal, it, it's going to make you it's going to make you look really good. Well, we've talked about that a thousand, a hundred thousand times, how important the quarterback is. Really, it's just so strange in a team sport that has so many players involved in the success and failure of a team to have so much of it on one player. Well, I mean, even if you are a run team, quote unquote, you know, we talk about Utah a lot. If you have a quarterback that is a good player and not even and and I'm picturing 2008 Brian Johnson here, not Uh even necessarily physically dominant because Brian was dealing with so many issues that had kind of accumulated over the years with him. He was a maestro. Uh, But he was so good at the position. What a difference it made in that season. And it's kind of a little bit of what we talked about uh, yesterday with you need a quarterback that's going to make the right play at the right time. You know, when Utah is going to play in a lot of close games, BYU will see because, you know, supposedly that offense is going to, is going to put up some points and, Anyway, yeah. uh, it, it can make a huge difference for a head coach. So, you know, <laughs> that's one you want to get right. Now, and, you can be a good program without a great quarterback. I think Utah has had teams that would qualify under that. BYU probably, too, where you can have good teams without a great quarterback. But, you know, you don't see a whole lot of conference champions without really solid play from that position even in the alabama teams that you accuse me of loving where they just had basically <laughs> a, an empty uniform at quarterback you know who was uh who's the guy uh who's on espn now who played for four years and he set like the wins right uh, mccarran yeah uh-huh. i mean he was a he was absolutely suitable to the position made basically no mistakes and made plays and he had to make them yeah so but that's a skill in and of itself i mean i agree you yeah, don't sure. have to be a flashy nfl type no. quarterback to, to be good in college football but if you do get that flashy nfl type quarterback look out i mean it like i said that makes coaches look awfully good and that's exactly what byu got last year so and it was surprising to us because we weren't sure that uh well you weren't uh, sure you were sure I thought he was really good. Well, you I kept mean, arguing with me about, well, you know, he had this this game against them. And I said, Gordon, he's, he was hurt. And you said, well, but still, he kind of sucks. No, I, said I he's never gonna be said fine. that. I never said that. Come on, knock it off. Uh, anyway, point being that QB1 can make you look awful good if you're, a, if you're a head coach. I mean, you know, look at Urban Meyer, who's had really good quarterbacks, been making him look good throughout his entire career. So, um, you know, maybe uh, – Maybe Jaron Hall turns out to be that guy. Maybe it's Conover a little bit later on, but he's got to identify, develop, and have that right. guy. You don't have to have that guy every year to have a successful program, but when you get him, you got to take advantage of it. I, I think uh, Conover might be the most talented quarterback down there, but there's a whole lot more to play in that position than talent. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all the coaches I've ever talked to about who are experts in that, in that particular position – they talk about all the other things besides arm talent, and uh, obviously arm talent certainly can put you over the top, but you've got to make the right decisions, get the ball to the right place at the right time for the right reason, and uh, that, that isn't just your, your stud kid that has uh, been physically superior to everybody else since he was 10, you know? So got to develop the mind.
And I don't know if it'll be this year. I don't. I don't expect BYU to win ten games again this year. But you know, next step for him probably is having a big season like that against uh, certainly a more difficult schedule. And you've got to keep the talent pipeline going. And an extension should help that. And and you know what? Like I saw Joel Klatt tweet out um, the best quarterbacks in the NFL in their star ranking. Uh, coming uh, out of high school. And I, I thought about something you were talking about yesterday, and I'm not coming at you here. You, you've heard this complaint before. But does the, why, do, why do we continue to look at those stupid recruiting rankings? <laughs> why do we continue to do that? Why do we talk about, like, I, I believe that if you look at where the program was when Kalani picked things up uh-huh. and where it is now, they've recruited better players. I think they have more talent, and, and maybe rational minds can disagree. But then you look at the recruiting rankings, and you go, well, the evidence isn't really there. Well, the evidence is stupid, and uh, it's inaccurate. It's a, it's, and it's, and it's, when are we going to stop talking about it? It's inaccurate in specifics, but it's usually accurate in the comprehensive. Except for, you know, Aaron Rodgers had to go to a JC because some nose picker thought he was a two-star. <laughs> Or, or the, the, the crazy logic that if a certain school is recruiting you, then you're automatically a certain star yeah, ranking. And yeah, then, we give the, then we give the university credit for having a good recruiting ranking. What sense does that make? Who, who are these guys who are, who are giving out these rankings and assigning uh, these, these numbers to these Employees of the websites they work for. I mean, are they professional scouts or are they just uh, somebody who was looking for a job and they got eyes to see, but not necessarily a deep background in football. I'm going to go more with that one. Are you? I mean, I don't like to disparage an entire industry, but I, I, I just don't know who these folks are. because, I, And I don't know whether coaches really pay attention to the stars behind a kid's name or whether they study the tape and say, okay, this kid can play. They do, but they don't. Like, I hear every coach ever say, hey, we don't really put much into the recruiting rankings or whatever. But then I hear every coach is brag about them when they're good. You know what I mean? And so I think, I think they know that it's at least partially ridiculous, but yet at the same time get caught up in the hype like everything else. Like, oh, my gosh, somebody must know what they're talking about if this guy is a five-star. But Eric Weddle is a Hall of Famer. And somehow can't get a sniff coming out of high school. It was, what, a two-star? A one-star? to go to UCLA. They, and they, they wouldn't yeah. give him the time of day. And he shows up at Utah, and they automatically recognize him. He started day star. one. <laughs> started by the end one. of his career, he's playing half the positions on I, the field. So I, I don't know. We can, we can take it as a macro sign, I guess. Of, uh, But then I look at a program like Texas, who has a top-five recruiting class every year, and somehow they have been wallowing in mediocrity since Vince Young left. So well, how does that make any well, sense? Well, there, there are a couple of components here, Jake. It's uh, talent, uh, yes. And uh, let's say that the, these uh, these guys who assign these stars are right two-thirds of the time. Oh, that half, is half generous. The, half the time? That is, okay. I think that is generous. If, if it's half the time, then teams like Alabama, I mean, they're getting enough – of the really good talent to uh, to give them an edge. But then there's the other component to it, and that is developing that talent. And that's one thing that I think Utah has done really well. I think BYU has done that pretty well. Uh, yeah, so 
that that's that's a coach's job. I mean, there are recruiters, and then once you get guys in a program, you got to do everything you can to uh, to coach those guys up so that they can be effective on the field. BYU has done that forever, in my opinion. They have really, you know, there are some downtimes, but uh, they they generally have not gotten stars. Uh, they get guys who are are good, and then they help them help develop them into into terrific players. Utah, we Kyle Whittingham has done that time and time again. And Utah's uh, recruiting classes are ranked higher than BYU's or have been over the past five, ten years. And I think that's evident on the field. Um. Okay. Well, I don't think it's simply because uh, of that. Maybe well, that's a, maybe that's a, maybe that's a big part of but it. But maybe Utah has been out recruiting BYU. I don't know. That could very easily be the case. But I'm certainly not going to make that judgment based on Scout.com. <laughs> no offense to Scout.com. And you know what? I don't mean to disparage the industry. You make a good point because I know a few uh, of the folks that uh, that operate there, and there there's some good folks who do, who honestly are not making millions of dollars doing it. So I, I honestly don't want to disparage. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I guess watch it play out on the field. But, I mean, how many guys, Gordon, over your career have you seen come and go? Five-star this, four-star that, yeah, recruited yeah. by this, recruited like that, to get on the field, and it's a non-factor. And the fact is is that the best schools identify, bring in, and coach up a kid no matter what. And the schools that, that – waste all of that talent i agree with you on player development to a certain extent but a lot of times they just miss they just miss they can have any kid they want and for whatever reason they pick the wrong one yeah a a great example of that is that utah had a four-star quarterback that they favored over zach wilson yep and they missed they missed they missed and it happens to everybody but you have less excuse at some places than others Right. I I really don't blame Utah that much for falling in love with a California kid that had a reputation and this and this and that. And they missed on a guy in their backyard. I'm not excusing it. I just kind of understand it. But they missed. You can't really you can't really play it any other way. But that's why you have to judge it with your own eyeballs. Right. Right. Yes. I agree. And I don't know what happened in that recruiting situation. I do know that uh, the kid from California was highly thought of by someone. And usually I think Kyle's pretty good at evaluating talent, and his staff has been pretty good at it. Oh, his record but, is tremendous. Maybe but, not quite at that position, but yeah, overall. They, they, they really missed on that one. I mean, obviously. I would. And Coach Witt doesn't like admitting mistakes, so maybe he wouldn't do this publicly. But if you sat down with Coach Witt privately and say, you know, you kind of missed a boat on that one, he'd probably go, yeah. He'd probably tell you that that's the biggest miss he's ever had. You know you know, it ground his gears every time a national announcer mentioned, you know, Zach grew up a Utah fan. <laughs> his dad played his at Utah. His dad played at Utah, and somehow those bozos up the road missed on this guy. <laughs> You know, Much to the benefit of one yeah, of our rivals. You know, that bugged a, a bunch of people up there, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm, but that happens in the biz. You just can't, you can't let it happen that often. And I think where coaches, you know, at, say, Texas, just to use them for an example, I think what happens is their fail rate, their miss rate, is way higher than it should be. I mean, when you have – there's some pressure having the pluck of the litter, right? I mean, you got to get it right because you get to choose out of everybody. Yeah. You know what bugs – 
uh, Texas or USC or whomever, when it's Southern California or Texas or Florida, for that matter, when the young man from the one of those states comes to Utah and, like, Gianni Paul goes out all conference, you know, that bugs, it bugs Miami for letting him go. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that it's a constant recycling. So you have to do it every year. Well, even yeah. more so now with the rule changes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I so, just, so I don't know. When I see those rankings and I see BYU down 70th, 80th in the country, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do with that. Because, ignore uh, it. Because that's I don't, my point. That's not, I don't do that. In fact, if someone gave me that job and I had to go to a high school game or games and assign a number of stars to a kid that may affect his future, I don't think I would want to do that. I mean, I don't mind doing a story every once in a while on someone who I think has a good story, but assigning those stars is like branding these kids. So here, here's Joel's tweet, just to be, uh-huh. just to be fair. It's okay. his top ten players in the NFL and their recruiting rankings. All right. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. You want to take a stab at these with their recruiting rankings? I uh, guess two-star. Three. Okay. Uh, Aaron Donald. Oh, man. Uh, I'd say four-star. Three-star. Wow, okay. The most dominant football player yeah. on the planet. <laughs> Certainly the most dominant non-quarterback football player. Usually those guys are fairly apparent. Aaron Rodgers, Cal. You already said he was two-star. Three-star. Three-star, three-star. okay. Uh, number four, Derrick Henry, Alabama. He was well, the number, he went he, to Alabama, so he was, figure yeah, four. He was the number one uh, recruit in the country that oh, year, five? so that's a five-star. Yeah, okay. so there you go. Number five, Travis Kelsey. Uh, okay, I'm suspicious just because we're going through this exercise, so I'll say a two-star. Uh, two-star uh, in 2008 ended up in Cincinnati. Uh, Devontae Adams, number six. Uh, three-star. A two-star to Fresno State. How about this? In 2011, he was the he was ranked 2,368th <laughs> nationally. And this one will blow your mind. What ranking do you think he was uh, amongst receivers? Uh, I don't know. 281. Uh-huh. So that means the recruiting services thought there were 281 better receivers in 2011. How do you miss Adams. that badly? Uh, number seven, Tom Brady went to Michigan N.A., so I guess before uh, the stars were really a thing, which kind of blows your mind. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins goes to Clemson in, uh, in uh, 2000, he's a he's a four-star, okay. so they, they got that. Uh, T.J. Watt. Uh, Two-star? Three-star. Three-star. Okay. Uh, the 942nd ranked player nationally in 2013. And uh, number 65 amongst athletes. Oh, okay. Okay. The uh-huh. 65th best <laughs> athlete. And then finally, number 10, Josh Allen. Well, he went to Wyoming, so I'm saying uh, two-star? Three-star. Okay. But remember, he went there with uh, Bowles, the kind of quarterback guru. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. know, So it's uh-huh. not a surprise. But that's the top 10. Those are the best, according to Joel Klatt and and. Fox, you know, Fox Sports. The 10 best players in the NFL right there. That's the recruiting rankings. There was one, Derrick Henry, where they got spot on. Do you remember when I did that column on the on the star uh, rankings of the players that were starters in the Super Bowl? 
I mean, there were a bunch of two stars in there, and I'm and and. So I wonder, how do the folks who compile these rankings feel about these things? I mean, are, are, do they admit that, hey, we don't know what we're doing? No, 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 no. They move on to the next year and hope you forget about it. <laughs> we're all just guessing, yeah. right? Yeah, right. It's it's not, you know. We're going off of what a guy over here said about said player. Or, uh, like you said, like, well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, an SEC team is recruiting him, so he, let's give him a four. He must be good. Well, I mean, there's there's a reason that a, a famous draft insider for the NBA draft went back and scrubbed some of his previous predictions. <laughs> it's a, we're all just guessing, you know. But but to to affect young people's, uh, you know, potentially wh- where they end up getting recruited to go to school, I would, I I think I would have a bit of a guilty conscience about that. I don't know because. I mean, Jake, you know, I'm right a lot of the time, but, you know, there are times when I'm absolutely wrong. I, I know it's infrequent, but when, when I am, I don't want to affect someone's career. Well, not usually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're live uh, today from Timpanogos, Harley-Davidson. We're here with our friends at Marley's. Of course, Marley's and Timpanogos, they, they share this wonderful building, uh, 555 South Geneva Road here in Linden, right off uh, I, uh, I-15. And listen, if you have not tried Marley's, and they have a drive through here, by the way, if you're going home and want to pick up dinner and are just doing it quickly, you're welcome to do that or come in and grab some jazz gear. But if you haven't tried the food, do yourself a favor. The last time we were here for a roundtable, uh, PK and I went over to Marley's after the roundtable, and we pretty much gorged ourselves. Oh, yeah. Mix yeah. and match with the sliders, too. Get the different flavors. And I, the shoestring fry, fries are just, they're really good. What's that one slider that they're so well known for? You remember? It's got sort of an unusual name. All of to them it. have unusual yeah. names. Or, and they name them after the people that invent them. <laughs> Because they're constantly in the lab coming up with different flavors. So. I mean, I think, Jake, one time you and I went in there and we were looking at the menu and, and it was too hard. to. The, no, the, the worst part about it is making a decision. So get a few. That's the solution right yeah, there. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. All right. So come by and see us. We're going to have a college football roundtable a little bit later on in the show. But for now, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ready, ready, ready. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes get set for an in-state showdown against Weber State at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Catch the Ute pregame show Thursday at 4, followed by the postgame show immediately after the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Then 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your Cougars at 30 update as BYU continues to get ready for Arizona matchup in Vegas coming up on Saturday. Here's quarterback Jaron Hall talking about his confidence and it's tied directly to his teammates. For me in camp, you know, it was really just about taking care of the ball, executing our offense to the best of my abilities, getting the ball into our, our playmakers' hands, and I feel like I did a good job of doing that. But again, you know, it's, it's easy when you got guy, the guys that we do around us. 
This Cougar uh, update brought to you by Football Friday. Football Friday is presented by Stonehaven at Stonehaven Dental. They say yes, yes, yes to free exam and x-ray for new patients and flexible appointments. They say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Utes get set for an in-state showdown against Weber State. Your home for the best coverage of Ute football is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today, Bob Marley, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. We are here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, uh, out with uh, our friends at Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. They share the building. Uh, so come on out and grab some great grub. Here, here. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Gordon, just a little update to a story you brought up yesterday, and it certainly is a minor update. Uh, but uh, Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> Finny boy. What, what was the story yesterday? He basically marched in and told the franchise he's not going to be back and he'd, he'd sit out camp if needs be. He met with the powers that be in Los Angeles and said uh, exactly that. So maybe, Gordon, maybe Ben Simmons is being a tad more realistic uh, with the situation than I thought. Because Chris Broussard of Fox Sports reported today that according to his sources close to the situation, Ben Simmons would play for any of the 29 other teams in the league. Um, so if He's that, saying trade me anywhere. If that's, anywhere. If that's true, then let's break down what this is a case of. Because we used the word yesterday, entitlement. Is it entitlement, or does he feel disrespected that he can't be effective with Doc Rivers as his coach, that the organization doesn't believe in him? And, you know, you're, you're not going to play your best if that's the environment in which you're existing. So that, that softens my stance on Ben a little bit, although I obviously don't know the inside story with him, other than the fact that he has uh, been somewhat, what's the word? Is uh, is tempestuous a word? Uh, not one that I've heard. I'm gonna look that up. Uh, Gordon, if if I don't know, I don't know how to put this uh, nicely. Is it, it is Ben Simmons the problem? Yeah, Ben Simmons is <laughs> his game is the problem. I think the playoffs more than magnified that. No. So, so you're saying you have sympathy for Ben Simmons because maybe Doc Rivers is the problem? No, I'm what not, about no, what no, about no, Brent no. Brown? No, I get it. By the way, tempestuous is a word. It's uh, characterized by strong and turbulent or conflicting emotions. So they didn't give Ben Simmons enough chance. I mean, they, what they did. I, like they did. I don't know what all, you're getting at. They did, but all of a sudden they shut it down on him in a fairly embarrassing way. 
But maybe he deserved that because he couldn't make a layup. By by acknowledging, for his coach acknowledging uh, his shortcomings. Granted, I, you don't hear a lot of coaches acknowledge it that plainly. So I will say that. But what happened to the player? Like, like Donovan Mitchell often takes this, uh, this stance where he accepts responsibility. And a lot of times great leaders accept responsibility even when the responsibility isn't theirs. But, expect, you know, it, it, we came up short. I need to be better. Those types of things. What happened to that attitude as opposed to, oh, the coach hurt my feelings? What? Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. Are you, are you a franchise player? I mean, are you going to step up and say, you know what, i got to be better. I gotta, I've got to take and make that layup. I need to figure out how I can better my team. We came up short because of me. You know, there are, what are the, there's a thousand sayings for when you get knocked down, get back up again, right? He got knocked down, and then he whined and complained. And he's crying about his coach. You know, how would you handle that? Jake, would, you, would that motivate you and say, I'm going to bust my hump all offseason so I can come back and show you what I'm capable of doing? Wouldn't that what you do? That's what it, that is what you would do. You might pout for a little while, you know. Well, if I were under sort of in your nature, but right. I mean, other than that, you'd work your butt off to get back where you wanted to be, right? Well, particularly or if would I you, were, would you march off and pout for the you know from now till kingdom come? You're under contract. They, I mean, the the Seventy Sixers showed faith in Ben Simmons by by giving him the money. And yeah, now was, it doesn't go. They gave him the team. That they now, said, here's your team. Right. And the, and the coach basically said, we need, uh, he needs to be a better player. Where he yeah. is now isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And maybe Doc could have couched it nicer, taken it behind closed doors or whatever, but he's not saying anything that everybody else isn't thinking. So well, where, where, Jake, you were saying it when he was drafted. Right. But you were, you were right. But but you were aggressively uh, again. Well, the the thing is, is that the praise set a standard that he wasn't capable of meeting. Yeah, the paycheck too, probably. Well, yeah, and they, you know, we all know that that extension is is based on potential. When you come a free agent, it's based on what you've done. And I don't think he was capable of meeting that potential. And if he was, I don't. I'm, obviously, he's not doing what it takes to meet that potential. The problem is that he can do a lot of things really well. Yeah, he just can't shoot. But he can play defense. He can rebound. He can uh, he can pass the ball. His his assist totals have been consistently high. Uh, he just he just can't shoot. And then that affected his. His confidence to the point where he wouldn't shoot. Yep. Not even from <laughs> three feet then. Not under that circumstance anyway. Wow, the so, food just arrived. I know the food did just arrive. Holy so that, cow, that looks look pretty at good. This. What are we gonna do with that? Oh my gosh, here come the shakes. Oh, oh Gordon, we're in trouble, me. buddy. We are in real trouble. So much for my diet. All right. We are going to have more coming up next. Uh, Stay tuned. It is the big show. We're live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders out here in Linden in the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building. We have jazz gear for you if you want to drop by and get that. 555 South Geneva Road. But really, just get off 515 
and head west for like yeah, a block. Yeah, it's, you, uh, you can't miss it. It's the Timonogos Harley Davidson building. You can see it from. Like, Did you say strop by? Strop by? Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little distracted. The food looks good. It does. They just came and put it right in front of us, and and Daisy brought it in. And uh, my goodness, look at this. I'm sure we'll talk more about what we're we're She's gonna be biting. Yeah, we, we may not be able soon. to talk. We'll be too busy uh, chomping away. Here. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. This is DJ and PK. Somehow, BYU 2021 has to justify 2020. This season that they have, the angle that's going to be taken is unlike any angle that has ever been taken in our market because they have to justify this year and justify last year, even though last year is done and over with and they had the number two pick in the NFL draft, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. We're still going to hear C or BYU is going to say C. I know what I'm going to hear. I just don't know where I'm going to hear it from. You're hearing the same word. Word, but the inflection of the word See? Is be, yeah. See? <laughs> exactly precisely that's exactly how it's going to play out catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network your home for the best college football coverage in utah this is your utes at 50 update on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network it's your Utes at 50 update here on the big show. Here is Utah quarterback Charlie Brewer. He was asked about how good this Utah team can be. Yeah, this, this is a really good football team. Um, you know, obviously, we got to keep putting in the work and, you know, play well every week. But uh, I see a lot of potential for sure. This update brought to you by our friends at Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Wow, the food is terrific. 555 South Geneva Road. That's where we are, right here in the Timpanoga Harley-Davidson building. Come on by and see us. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Roxy Bernstein is going to join the show coming up top three o'clock hour. He's going to be on the call for the Pac-12 Network for the Utah Weber State game. But Gordon, uh, I've confirmed it. Uh, the food uh, is still quite good here yeah, at, uh, I, at Marley's. Uh, it's still. Pardon, pardon me a second here. <sighs> Easy. Easy there. The shakes you are know, wonderful. What, what is the deal? Well, Why is this food so good? Well, I think it has to do with, you know, believing and putting out a good product and that sort of thing. I think it all <laughs> so starts So it's the little things there. that go into it. <laughs> a Man. little bit of love, you know. I just had, uh, had a bite of a few different things. I, I love doing the show. But I was ready to take about a half hour off. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Uh, the college football roundtable will start at 4. And by the way, uh, you, you know, eat, eat your food before DJ and Hans get here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, Hans and, and DJ are a little bit like an oyster cracker. You ever seen an oyster cracker? I, yes, I'm aware. You, you, yeah. You've uh-huh. uh, been back in that part of the country. I think they're pretty common, yeah. It's kind of like, are they common out here? Sure, I think they're common everywhere. Oyster crackers are out here, too? Yeah. Oh. 
Well, I, I just stop by the old grocery store more often. No, no. Not. <laughs> He's talking about the fish. It's a fish. Oyster crackers. Yeah. Okay. And it's essentially a mouth and a tail. It's a trash fish. But where are we that, going with this? Well, that's DJ and, and, uh, oh, okay. and, and Hans. They're, they're, they're like a mouth and a tail. Well, here's what I'll say about those two. Hans uh, can consume more food, I think, than anybody I know. He's not a fast eater. No, though. no, no. But that's that's where DJ hasn't beat because DJ can <laughs> eat faster. I, I don't think he can consume the quantity of Hans Olsen. Oh. But, man, D- D- this is why David James, one of many reasons that he was made for radio. Because the, a brief commercial break, no problem for that guy. <laughs> That's so true. Absolutely. You've seen it in action. He's built for radio. See, I can't eat fast. That's my problem. One of them, yeah. As it pertains to eating <laughs> during the break. As you have oh, often pointed out, that I'm mean? eating, and when I come back, and all of a sudden we're on the air, and I'm eating. It has happened before. That is uh, yeah. very because true. I like to I, I like to take my time eating. I, I don't like to just cram it on down. Well, see, that's not very good for radio it's because not. you know see? then we have to do these you know these segments. Uh, so, by the way, you want to get into this real quick just to to salvage a little sports. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> you see some comments from Tony Romo, who uh, said I think Zach Wilson is going to turn the Jets around. Says Zach Wilson can get in the Mahomes stratosphere. He sure has been getting a lot of compliments from fairly impressive folks. I mean, everybody knows Chris Sims has been in his camp from the very beginning. And uh, he's got a pretty good record as far as predicting which quarterbacks are going to end up uh, doing really well in the NFL. But when you have guys like Chris Simmons and Phil Sims and Aaron Rodgers and and uh, now this, it's, it, yeah. Well, I, Aaron Rodgers, to talk to him, let's not. No, you saw what he said afterward. Okay. He said he's he's can throw the heck out of the ball. Which he can. So, have but, you seen but any, the Jets are still you, the Jets. Have you seen any of Zach Wilson's uh, plays in the preseason? Yeah. I, I watched uh, pretty much all of them. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot there. Uh, but I, I thought it was so telling that the Jets saw enough out of Zach to keep him out of that third game. Meaningless game doesn't mean a darn thing, and they protected him like a uh, they would Aaron Rodgers or they would a, a proven veteran. And we're talking about a guy who is still trying to figure out everything in the NFL and the way it works. But protecting him was more important than developing him uh, by exposing him to uh, some some random hits. Uh, that speaks highly for what the Jets think. And look, this goes beyond just the plays in, in these games. Uh, so we had a good showing in, in two games, but they're watching him in practice every day going up against the Jets' number one defense. They know, they know what he's capable of. They know how he's been performing. Just as importantly, more importantly, in practice and the joint practices that they've had with the with the Eagles and the Packers. I mean, they can see what the kid has. And the the future is bright, according to what the experts who observe him all the time are thinking. 
All right, we are at <clears throat> excuse me, Marley's Gourmet Sliders inside, of course, Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. Come see us. Uh, very easy to get to, 555 South Geneva Road, uh, right just west of I-15. Very easy to get to. And uh, Daisy is jumping on with us now, who uh, was so nice to come over with, well, way too much food, first of all. <laughs> and it is so good. You guys, uh, Gordon, how did you put it at the beginning of the segment? How do they do it? Yeah, how I, do they I do it? Well, how do they make how? this food taste so good? And Daisy was like an angel descending from heaven so with, with about uh, five trays of food. Gordon was hungry, if you couldn't tell. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but what's your secret? Why is it so good? Um, most of our sauces and things like that on the sliders are homemade. And we actually like produce the meats and cook them here as well so it's all like homemade sliders things like that you can taste so you don't take too. them out of the freezer and just chuck them together huh? no no <laughs> yeah it tastes you can tell by the taste now do you have a go-to two-part question do you have a go-to slider for yourself or have you taken part in the invention of one of your sliders i personally have not yet i plan to if Very they nice. ever let me um my favorite slider is probably the fajita it's a tri-tip slider fajita peppers grilled onions avocado ranch it's Ooh. super good but our most popular is probably the handsome rob and the killer so very Rob, nice. yeah. <laughs> that's the one you were getting at the, yeah. the famous yeah, one yeah i've the, heard of that one and, and i've eaten that before uh Daisy, what uh, what are you cooking up? What do you have idea for your slider? <laughs> well, it'd have to be spicy because I like oh, spicy. Really? So probably something with sriracha jalapenos. <laughs> oh, okay. How about that? Uh, by the way, DJ tweeted about an hour ago that he will be our, our friend David James, who will be here a little bit later. Uh, he says, uh, I'm all about the fajita. That's what he said on Twitter. So oh, he's yeah, right it's, there. It's personally the best one to He's right there with well. you. Oh, all there's right. a lot to pick from. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all good. <laughs> and we should mention you guys do breakfast, of course, too, which your breakfast is amazing as well. Yes, it is. And a lot of people don't know about it, but our breakfast is amazing. I so. keep hearing about the French toast. What's mm-hmm. the deal with the French toast? Uh, probably the homemade syrup. We also do like homemade buttermilk syrup that just makes the pancakes and French toast even better. So you've got like a maple tree out back here. You're tapping. You know? <laughs> Something the, like that. Yeah. Sticking Something the like faucet that, right, right, right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daisy, thank you not only for having us, but uh, thanks for jumping on the air and taking such great care of our listeners. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. All right. That's uh, Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Come see us. We'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. The Cougars hit the road for their season opener in Las Vegas to square off against Arizona. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7.30, followed by the postgame show immediately after the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.